Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. I'm starting a brand new series today and I'm preaching to myself. I'm actually preaching about loving life. And sometimes, you know, when we look out in the world and we see all some of the crazy stuff happening with the liberals and stuff, you know, it'd be easy to get depressed, but I don't want you to get cynical. I don't want you to get depressed. I want you to keep your eyes on what God is doing because God is moving and good things are happening. The word of God is true. So I want to talk a little bit today about why I love life, and I'm going to share Today and for the next three weeks on, you know, loving life. Today I'm talking about the foundation of why I, Lawson Purdue, love life. And then I'll be talking about how you can love life. And I'm going to open today with the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verse 8 through verse 12. This is actually talking about having positive relationships and specifically in the relationship of marriage. That's the context that this is written in. But in the middle of it, he talks about loving life. And I think there's some keys that we can learn, not only in relationships, but keys to how we can love life. So we begin in verse 8. He says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion on one another. Love as brethren. Be merciful. Be courteous. Do not render evil for evil or railing for railing. So if you want to love life, if you want to inherit a blessing, when somebody does you evil, the Bible says don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. When somebody curses you, Jesus said bless and curse not. Amen? So if somebody rails on you, this is talking about husbands and wives. How many of you know sometimes it's easy to bless other people, but sometimes your husband and wife, it's real easy to rail on them. So if somebody's not blessing you and they're railing on you, they're kind of chewing you out, don't respond to them like they're responding to you. He's talking about if you want to reap blessing, you need to sow blessing. And you need to sow blessing in all your relationships, not only your marriage. But he says, contrarywise, on the other hand, blessing, bless, knowing that you're called that you should inherit a blessing. How many of you want to inherit a blessing? So if you want to inherit a blessing, you need to sow seeds of blessing. For he who will love life, everybody say love life. You want to love life and see good days. You want to see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. You got to guard your mouth. You got to watch your words. David said, teach me, O Lord, to set a watch over my mouth, a watch over my words. One of my good friends was coming here the other day at the church, and as he greeted me, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm a day late and a dollar short. I said, don't say that. So he caught himself. He said, I got a million dollars. I said, yeah, that's what you need to say. If you want to receive it, you better believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Glory to God. So uh, he changed his confession. See, a lot of times you hear things in the world and you just repeat them. You don't think about what you're saying, but you need to be very intentional with your believing and your speaking because it affects you more than you know. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no deceit. He goes on in verse 11 and 12. Let him hate evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You need to pursue peace. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, I did a word study on a couple of words. I did a word study on the word inheritance. And it was good. Amen? But I also did a, a word study in the Bible on the word reward, talking about the Lord rewarding people. And about half the time it's talking about the Lord rewarding people. It's not talking about good. It's talking about evil. So I don't want to have a bad reward. I want to have good rewards. So I want to sow good seeds. Amen? And I want to believe God so I can have a good reward working in my life. But when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what is the foundation? Why do I, Lawson Purdue, love life? And the first thing I thought about is I love life because God is good. Amen. I love life because God is good. Now, when we think about the goodness of God, James chapter 1, verse 17 says this, every good and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means that everything that God has to give is good and he only does good. He doesn't have any darkness coming out of him. He doesn't have any evil coming out of him. It's only good. Jesus said it this way. If we go back a little bit to John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, in my doctrine, the devil is bad and God is good. The devil does evil. Take the D off devil, you got evil. Take one O out of God and you got good. God only does good. That's Pastor Lawson's doctrine number one. Do not blame God. God is only good and he only does good. You say, well, I read the Old Testament. That's a problem with you. You're just reading the Old Testament. You see, because in the Old Testament, they didn't really know much about the devil. The devil's only mentioned about a dozen times in the Old Testament, and 10 of them are in Job. And if you, even if you read the context in Job, you can find that it was God who was blessing, but it was the devil who was messing. But they didn't have authority over the devil like we have authority over the devil, and they accounted everything to God. That's why they got a little mixed up. Amen? 
Even in the Old Testament, God revealed himself to Moses. If you want to turn there with me to Exodus chapter 33, and we'll read in Exodus 33, verse 19. And this is God describing himself to Moses. Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, and this is what God said. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Then in verse uh, chapter 34, verse in verse 6, when the Lord passed before Moses, it said, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. God proclaimed his own name. And this is what God said about himself. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Hallelujah. He is the Lord. He is Jehovah. He is the self-existent, eternal God. He is the Lord God. He is Jehovah Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen. And this is what he says about himself. He says, I am merciful and I am gracious. I am long-suffering. How many of you are glad that God is long-suffering? I am so glad that he's long-suffering with Pastor Lawson or Pastor Lawson would have went to heaven or hell a long time ago. Hallelujah. So I'm glad he's a merciful God. And he says, I'm a gracious God. I'm long-suffering and I'm abundant. He says he's full of goodness and truth. So God said, he is good. He is a gracious God. He is a compassionate God. And then David, about a thousand years before Christ, talked about God in Psalm 145. And if you can turn to Psalm 145 with me in verse 9, it says, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. So when I begin to think about that, I begin to think about what do we need to do in relationship with God. Number one, we need to exalt the Lord. So let's read verses one through six. He says, I will exalt you, O my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of your majesty and your wonderful works and men will speak of the might of your uh, terrible or awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. Number one, we need to exalt God. Number two, we need to declare what he has done and who he is. Notice as we continue to read in verse 7, he says, They shall abundantly utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all of his works. 
works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and the saints will bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. The third thing David says that we need to do is we need to make known God's mighty acts. He says, beginning in verse 12, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you and you uh, give them their meat in due season. God feeds every living thing. You know, the Bible says that he uh, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, he not only owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he owns the hills under them. He owns everything and he feeds everything. Amen. The Bible says that he feeds all the birds of the air. Now, I have fed a few birds, and I tell you, those birds can eat. But do you, have you ever seen a worried bird? No, you don't have them birds. They're out there in the morning, and they're tweeting, and they're happy. Praise God, and they're singing their praises to God. I've never seen a worried bird other than a couple of them that I wounded with a shotgun. <laughs> Amen. Well, I never seen too many worried birds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you that story later. Barbara says I shouldn't talk about this in the city. People don't understand these things like. <laughs> Amen. But he, 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 you know what? We have some bears and they've been visiting our house and we got a great big mama bear. She looks like she wears 500 pounds. She's a big old bear. And in the front of our house, we have a crab apple tree and it gets lots of rain. So it's just been bowed down with crab apples. So the bear's been coming to the front of our house, and they've been climbing up the crab apple tree. And the other day, Barbara looked out there, and the tree was a-shaking, and the apples were coming out, and mama bear, and then she's got two, like, yearling or two-year-old cubs in there with her. And, 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 you know, they come. In fact, the cubs have come and sit down in the backyard and threw, picked up a round ball and was throwing it up in there. <laughs> they're just like little kids out there playing. But then Barbara heard something on a roof the other day. And she said, I know that is not a raccoon. So she went and looked, and the bear, where they climb up the crab apple tree in the front, and I got a regular apple tree in the back, and they go to the back, and they get in the regular apple tree, and then they come down the back apple tree. <laughs> in fact, one of my neighbors, we were gone the other day, and they videoed this bear. One was running around the corner, and one was going over the roof. And they said, yep. In fact, my cousin who roofed my house a few years ago, he said, Pastor Lawson, you've been getting on, those, on the roof and breaking those tiles. I said, no, I know how to. I haven't been breaking the tile, but we now know what the problem is at the Purdue house with the tile. It's the bears. But we like the bears. They're nice bears. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So anyway, we got bears at the per Purdue house. Amen. But God takes care of everything. He opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. He goes on and says this in verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways and holy in all of his works. He's near unto all who call upon him, who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them who stand in awe of him. He also will hear their cry and save them. 
The Lord preserves all them who love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. I want to be on the right side of that equation. So he says, number one, we need to exalt God. Number two, we need to declare who he is and his goodness. Number three, he said we need to make known his mighty acts and his deeds. And the fourth thing he said, we need to sing his praise. In verse 21, he said, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So the number one reason, the foundational reason that I, Pastor Lawson Purdue, in, in, in addition to all the other amazing things that I have in my life, that, that I am a person of praise, that I, that I love life, is that God is good. The second reason is this, that the word of God is true. I am so glad that I found out when I was just a young man that the Bible is full of promises that we can believe. We don't just uh, hang on and hope to God we make it, but we believe the Word of God. We believe the promises of God. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is true. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. How many of you are glad that every Word of God is true. Every promise of God is true. I'm so glad I got a Bible full of promises that I can believe. And I don't care what problem you're facing today, there's a promise that covers whatever problem that you're facing. Glory to God. David says this in Psalm 119, 176. He says, oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. How many of you meditate in the word? How many of you are thinking about the promises of God? Thinking about the goodness of God? Thinking about what God promised you and Jesus paid for. And the Holy Spirit gives you the power to receive. I love what Psalm 119, verse 165 says. It says, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing will offend them. Nothing will cause them to stumble. You know, it wasn't very long ago that, you know, we assigned a claim actually on this roof uh, for, for our roof three years ago to a builder. And the reason we did that is we knew it had damage, but the insurance company came out and they said, yeah, we'll pay you $27,000, but to fix our roof is like a $2 million job. So $27,000 against $2 million, it's not very equitable. So some of you are wondering why didn't Pastor Lawson fix the roof sooner because it's a $2 million job, and I thought the insurance should take care of it. So anyway... Finally, after three years with this COVID mess and everything, it went to court. So I went, even though it wasn't our lawsuit, I went to court to represent Karis Christian Center. And I sat there in federal court for four days, and I listened to all these lies. I thought, that is a lie. And, and I was sleeping about three hours a night, and I lost five pounds in four days. And guess what? The builders got a big, fat zero. Now, the attorney they use is the number one attorney firm in the United States for recovering insurance losses. Number one. 
And this guy wins 80% of his cases. They got multiple attorneys. In fact, I think they had seven attorneys just working on our case. And, and, and they lost. They got a big zero. They told me, Lawson, there is not a chance that you're going to get a settlement on a hell claim after we did this in federal court. There is not a chance. There is no way that you can get that. And so after listening to them, I was very discouraged, just to be honest. So I came home on Thursday night after being up in Denver for four days and listened to all these lies. And Friday morning when I got up, hallelujah. How many of you know the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I got up and Barbara said, you need to call Paul and Corey Stewart. Paul and Corey are members here, but they travel there outside of Colorado a little over six months a year. So I called and Corey answered and she said, Lawson, she said, the Lord's telling me it's not over till it's over. And that's just exactly like I felt on the inside. It's not over till it's over. So I called in the next week to talk, and I said, I want to file a claim on some other dates. They said, well, this claim is still open, so we're going to give you to this adjuster. So they gave me to him. He said, well, really, I'm not an adjuster. I'm an attorney. And, I, and they signed me to your last claim because they didn't want to pay <laughs> So he, I said, well, here's what they were doing. They were lying on the stand, and they were lying about me, and you know it, and I know that you know it, and I know you know the truth from the beginning, and here's how I know it. And I gave him the facts. So I said, what do you want me to do? He said, you go get <laughs> every hell day, every wind day while we still have the policy on your building, and you put a claim on it, and we're going to come and take care of you. And so I submitted two hail dates and a wind date. And they had an adjuster call me about a week later. And when that adjuster called me, I thought, this is an honest man. And this is going to be taken care of. But I said from day number one, by the end of October, we're going to have that settlement. And it's going to be in our account. By the end of October, I'm talking about this is the end of August. They dealt with this for three years. They had the best attorneys in the business, and they got a big zero. And last week, they settled with us, and the money is going to be in our account by the end of October, and Karis Christian Center will have a brand new roof within the next year. But not only are we going to get a brand new roof, we're believing God. So you pray for us now because we're believing God. And what we're having you agree with us now is that we have wisdom and we have favor with the HVAC suppliers. So we had our person who does our HVAC and he's amazing. He's the best tech we've ever had. He actually installed this on the building. He came out. And what we got is 12 giant units on the roof. And he, he's actually replacing eight of them on the, on the two next buildings. And he, he came and he talked to me on Thursday morning and he said, listen, he said, I am not your guy. I am not your value guy. I'm not your, you know, guy to install these. He said, we're replacing eight units on the next two buildings and it's costing $3 million. And I said, listen, we got 12 units and we want to replace 12 units and I believe we can get it done for a million dollars. 
So you pray for us to have wisdom and you pray for us to have favor. And he said, you call this company in Colorado Springs and you call this company in Colorado Springs. They're both very good and they're, they're the value leaders in the city. And they both came that after, afternoon and they looked all around the building and I showed them and I talked to them and neither one of them said it can't be done. So I'm believing that we get a brand new roof we're getting a brand new roof in the name of Jesus. But I'm also believing that not only, and this one's R15 with a black roof. We're going to have R30 with a white roof. It's going to save us a ton of money on utility. And I'm also believing that by the grace of God, everybody say, by the grace of God, we get a brand new HVAC system at Karis Christian Center, and we get it all done for the money that's been given. In the name of Jesus, by the grace of God, you agree with me, you pray for us to have wisdom, you pray for the installers to have wisdom, the providers, and you pray that we have favor, and we know that we have wisdom and we have favor, and God is with us. But when the world says it's impossible, God does not say it's impossible. He says all things are possible to him who believes all things are possible with God. Hallelujah. So we serve a God of possibilities and we have faith. Hallelujah. So number one, I believe. Hallelujah. I believe that the reason that I love life is because God is a good God. But number two, I believe, because the Bible is true. Because the word of God is true. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen to the glory of God by us. That means when God sent Jesus, he said yes. He said, your sins are forgiven. Yes. When God sent Jesus, he said yes. By his stripes you were healed. Yes. When God sent Jesus, he said yes. You have peace. Yes. Yes, it's your promise. Yes, he said. You have provision when he sent Jesus. And then he said, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. And when you say yes to Jesus, you're saying amen. That's God's grace coupled with your faith. Yes and amen. So I say, yes, forgiveness is mine. Yes, healing is mine. Yes, hallelujah, peace is mine. And yes, prosperity is mine. And don't you tell me it's not real because it's working in my life. And don't don't you be one of them doubting and unbelieving believers. I'm telling you, Aaron hit it on the head the other day. He said, if the same thing makes you mad that makes the world mad, you know what? You're on the wrong side. And I know some of the world is mad because we preach prosperity. And I know some unbelieving believers that are mad because we preach prosperity. But it's time you started believing. Every promise of God is mine. Every promise in the Word of God is true. Every chapter, every verse, every line. And Jesus secured it in his death and resurrection. It's time for you to start believing what the Bible says so you can start receiving what the Bible says. 
Glory to God. I know some people, they just don't believe what the scripture says. But the scripture plainly says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And let me tell you, since I started believing that, I've had a chance or a few chances to die, but I passed them up. Amen? And I've had a few chances to go broke, but I just keep passing them up. But I got lots of chances to believe God, and I just keep believing it, and I keep receiving it. So if you believe it, you can receive it. If you doubt it, you do without it. So be one of those believing believers and believe all the promises of God. Hallelujah. I love what Numbers says. If you want to turn with me in Numbers chapter 6, it's talking about the priestly blessing. And it says this, beginning in verse 22, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, In this way you will bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they will put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. God says, I'm putting my name on you, and I'm saying that you're blessed. I say I'm blessed by the Most High. God, the possessor of heaven and earth. In Jesus' name, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Psalm 115, 115 says, I'm, 115, 15 says, I'm blessed. Amen. By the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Praise God. If we go a little bit farther to Numbers chapter 23, Balak was a foreign king and he got afraid of the children of Israel. So he, he hired a foreign prophet named Balaam and he said, you come and curse the children of Israel for me. But Balaam came. However, he did not curse them. He blessed them and he didn't bless them one time and he didn't bless them two times. But he blessed them three times. Hallelujah. In fact, Balaam said, would you please stop? Would you please shut up? Would you please? I hired you to curse them. And altogether, you have blessed them. But I want to jump right in the middle of this second blessing in Numbers 23, verse 19. And I want to read verse 19 to verse 23. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Shall he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He said, listen, I have received commandment. If you understand the Bible, if you understand the covenant, you live in Jesus under the commanded blessing of the Lord. He said, I have received commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. David said it this way in Psalm 23. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're right. God and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare me a table in the presence of my enemy. My cup runs over. Hallelujah.
hallelujah, and goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank God he started with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thank God I got a Bible full of promises that I can believe. And if you'll believe the Bible, if you'll be, believe the promises of God, you can live in the blessing of the Lord. God wants you to live in the blessing of the Lord. So number one, why do I love life? Pastor Lawson Purdue, what is the foundation loves life? Because God is good. Number two, I love life because the promises of God's word are true. Number three, I love life because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. First of all, Jesus is my Lord. In Romans chapter 10, Paul was summing up everything that he said from Romans chapter 1 to Romans chapter 10. And in verse 8 of Romans 10, he said, The word is near you even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith that we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, Righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And if you read the context of what he was saying there, he is saying that God made Jesus Lord when he raised him from the dead. And what he did in Jesus is he put the ball in your court. You see, Jesus, the sinless one, came from heaven and he lived on earth sinless and holy and perfect and pure. And he died on the cross and he went to the grave and he conquered the devil and God raised him from the dead and made him Lord. And when you believe that, the now, he, what he did by doing that is he put the ball in your court. You see, the work has already been done. Your sins have already been paid for. The promises of God have already been paid for. And when you believe that Jesus is Lord, the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You see, God made righteousness available in Jesus when he died and rose again. And when you believe the gospel, you confess Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And what happens is you receive his righteousness. Amen. And he took your sin. In fact, I love something that Pastor Aaron said. He said the only righteousness that you'll ever receive is the righteousness of Jesus. And the only sin that he ever had is your sin. So Jesus took our sin and he made us righteous. Thank God. That is the gospel truth. Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that? And when you believe that, you move from a position of sin into a position of righteousness by faith in Jesus. So number one, I love life because God is good. Number two, I love life because the promise, the word of God is true. Number three, I love life because Jesus is Lord. First of all, he's my Lord. Second of all, he's the coming Lord. Paul talked about it, if you want to go with me, in Philippians chapter 2. And he said this beginning in verse 5. 
Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, he said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Because of this, God has highly exalted exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You see, Jesus was Lord in heaven when he created all things. And Jesus was Lord when he walked on the earth. He was Lord over sin. He was Lord over sickness. He was Lord over poverty. He was Lord over death. He was Lord over demons. Jesus was Lord in every situation. And when he went to the grave, he spoiled principalities and made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. God made him Lord and raised him up from the dead and Jesus is Lord of all. He's Lord of eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. He's Lord of all creation. He's Lord of heaven. He's Lord of earth. He's Lord of the grave. Hallelujah. And he is the coming Lord. Now, some of these people that are around here in the community, the, the, one of them is the vice chair of the Democratic Party in El Paso County. He's a, he's a Satanist. And he has said that Pastor Lawson and a number of us pastoring churches like ours in the community are Christian nationalists. And they use that as a derogatory term, as a negative term. And I want to tell you I am not a Christian nationalist. However, I am a Christian, number one, and I am a conservative conservative number two. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm born of God. I'm a Christian. Amen. And I'm a conservative. Now, if I read my Bible and I read it correctly, the Bible says that one day the Antichrist is going to come and the Antichrist comes from the Gentile nations of the world and he will lead armies from the north and armies from the east against the nation of Israel and Jesus will come and destroy him by the word of his power, by the word of his mouth. And if you look at all these battles that happened, in fact, I taught a series at the beginning of last year called The Dragon and the Bear and the Beast and the King. And the dragon is China and the bear is Russia and the beast is the Antichrist and the king is Jesus. And if you read the Bible, if I, I may be wrong, I don't know everything, but I think I'm reading it right. In fact, it looked like Russia would take the whole of Ukraine, but they've driven them out, and the only place that Russia has territory now is where they've actually been for several years on the east side of the Ukraine. But if you look at the north, Moscow lies just directly north of Jerusalem, and, and they own that east part of Ukraine, where I believe they're going to... 
The Bible actually prophesies that he'll draw them like a got a hook in their mouth because they're jealous of the prosperity of the people of Israel. They're jealous of the covenant people of God. But it says they're going to come from the north. Another place it talks about how there's three unclean spirits in the book of Revelation that came out of the mouth of the Antichrist and they dried up the river Euphrates on the east and there'll be great armies like 200 million from the east and they'll come against Israel and they'll the Antichrist will lead, the beast will lead the nations of the world against Israel. But Jesus will come and by the glory of his power, he will destroy them and he will reign for a thousand years of peace on earth. And then we're going to go into a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. So Jesus is my Lord. And not only that, Jesus is the coming Lord. And Jesus is going to be Lord over all of this earth. And then he's going to deliver up everything to his Father. And I love what it says in Revelation 19 and verse 6 when it's talking about Jesus coming as a, as, as a warrior. Hallelujah. Jesus coming as a lion. And it says this in verse 6. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. In fact, we sing songs about it. We've been singing songs for years and hundreds of years about hallelujah for the Lord thy God omnipotent reigns. And so I want to tell those people who would call me a Christian nationalist, no, I'm not a Christian nationalist. I am a Christian and I am a conservative, but I believe that Jesus is Lord. And I believe one day he'll come and one day Jesus will reign over this whole earth between now and then it might be a little shake but I'm gonna keep my eyes on Jesus and there are two things happening in these last days one there's a great revival and on the other hand there's great apostasy the Bible prophesies both of those and I don't have time to preach about it right now but Jesus why does Pastor Lawson love life? I love life because, number one, God is good. I love no life, number two, because the word of God is true. I love life, number three, because Jesus is Lord. And I love life, number four, because I am blessed. Everybody say blessed. I want you to turn with me really quickly to Deuteronomy 28. I want to read from you some of the covenant of blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through verse 14. I want you to understand that we call this the Abrahamic covenant and we're heirs of it through Jesus if you read in Galatians chapter 3. And Jesus is the condition of this covenant. But I want to read to you the first 14 verses of this covenant that we have with God. He says, it will come to pass if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Well, nobody's ever fulfilled that except Jesus. But Jesus is the condition of the covenant. So because we're in Christ, we're blessed. And he says, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord, you're that. Listen, you're not going to have to chase them down. They're going to come on you and they're going to overtake you. He says you're going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You're going to be blessed in your children, the fruit of your body, in your fields, the fruit of your ground, whatever fields you're working in, the fruit of your cattle, whatever 
animals you have. In the increase of your kind, my kind of investments are blessed. Hallelujah. Got some, got some good kind of investments. And even though the world has been going sideways, we've been increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. In the flocks of my sheep, in my church, I'm blessed. You're going to be blessed in your basket, in your storehouse. That's your, amen, your refrigerator and your bank account. My bank account is blessed. My refrigerator is blessed. You're going to be blessed coming in. I was blessed coming in this morning. I drove up, you know. I came out early. I got here about 6.30. And, you know, Daryl, our maintenance guy had to be gone. He said, shall we put the blade on? I said, no, we got other things more important. It don't look like it'll snow much. Well, so much for what I thought. But when I drove up to the parking lot this morning about 6.30, it was all plowed and all the sidewalks were done. The neighbor's people had done everything. I said, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. My guys were already here and they, they already had their shovels and they were doing the back ramps and stuff. I was so thankful. In fact, I got a little property at Monument we take care of too. And since my guy was gone, I said, we got a Baptist church that meets in my building at Monument. I thought I'll go take care of that little Baptist church, and I went up there and cleaned off all the sidewalks. Across the road, there's a Jehovah Witnesses Hall. I saw a man, he was out there shoveling the sidewalk. I said, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He said, that's true, but I belong here. I said, I want you to know something else. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah, I'm not ashamed to tell everybody, to tell anybody that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. And then I drove on my way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus loves you and he's Lord. That's good news. Amen. Glory to God. But we're blessed everywhere we go. Everything that we do, I, I was blessed coming in. I'm going to go out this afternoon. I'm going to be blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. That's blessed all the time. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be smitten before your face. Brother Derek, if you're listening, they're going to be smitten before your face. And Sister Amy, if you're listening, the Lord's going to cause them to be smitten before your face. They'll come out against you one way and run seven ways. The Lord will command his blessing on you in your storehouses. How many of you got some storehouses? How many of you got some real estate and savings accounts and stock accounts? You got some investment. The Lord will command his blessings in your storehouses and in all you set your hand to. He'll bless you in the land that he's given you. This is my land and God's given it to me and I'm blessed here. The Lord will establish you a holy people to himself as he swore he says if you'll keep his commandments and walk in his ways and Jesus fulfills that condition all the people of the earth that shall see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they will stand in awe of you and the Lord will make you plenteous in goods say I got plenty of goods I love the modern English version it says you'll overflow in prosperity Say, I overflow in prosperity. I got plenty. Quit talking lack. Quit saying I'm as poor as Job's turkey. Job's turkey wasn't even poor. Job was the richest man in all the East. That's before the devil messed him with him and God turned that devil mess around into a blessing and he had twice as much as he had at the end of his life than he did at the beginning. Woo, Jesus. Say, give it to me, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. He'll make you plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your ground, in the land which he swear. The Lord will open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain to your land. I live under an open heaven in its season and bless all the work of your hands and you'll lend to many nations and you'll not borrow. Thank God we're given to the nations of the world. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not be beneath if you listen to the words of the Lord and you will not go aside from the words to the right hand or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Thank God I'm blessed by the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in my mind. I'm blessed in my spirit. My children are blessed. My family's blessed. My business is blessed. My investments are blessed. My church is blessed. The blessing of the Lord is coming on me and overtaking me and making me wealthy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So why does Lawson Purdue love life? I love life because God is good. I love life because the word of God is true. I love life because Jesus is Lord. And I love life because I live under the covenant of blessing. The blessing of God is mine. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.